Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to the Your Hair Mentor podcast. I'm your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. And on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about hair color specifically the different kinds of hair color. And I mean, temporary versus semi versus demi versus permanent. If I just rattled off a bunch of gibberish and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to listen up sis, because this is for you. Um, but before I get into that, I want to know, have you by any chance watched me on social media recently? If so, you probably saw that I bought some roller skates and I am having so much fun with these things. I got this crazy idea in my head. Of course, so did like 50,000 other people during COVID, but, um, I got this idea that I wanted to get back on roller skates. And I think it's mostly because my daughter has taken an interest in them. And I was like, Oh man, that'd be so fun to like skate around with my kid. But definitely 12 year old crystal has come back and I think I'm going to be a figure skater. And so I'm very excited to get rolling on my skates and, um, I will be wearing protection. I've got elbow, knee and wrist guards, possibly even a pillow to strap on my butt here. And don't you worry, I'm not trying to be crazy. I'm just trying to like learn how to spin in circles. So I won't be breaking myself intentionally. I'm going to knock on wood right now. You heard that it's on the record, knocked on wood. Um, but, uh, it's been super fun and I'm really looking forward to warmer weather so I can get outside and do that more with my children because that was the original intention. Um, so, okay, let's dive into hair color. So, uh, the difference between, Hmm, let's see the best way to describe this is to first tell you how permanent hair color works. So permanent hair color 
uh, whether it be the stuff you buy at the store in the aisle in the box, right? Or something you get at the hair salon. It all works the same. It's a two-part chemical equation that happens. So you mix part A with part B. It does some chemistry magic and makes it part C. So the two things that come together in permanent hair color, one of them is what we call the developer. And the other one is what actually houses the color pigments. Now a permanent hair color is, uh, the term is an oxidative color, but to break this down most simply for you, the little color molecules don't come to life until they're mixed with that developer. Now that developer has two jobs. The first job is to like activate and bring to life those color molecules I was just talking about. And these are the artificial color molecules that are in that tube or bottle. And then the other job of peroxide is to essentially eat holes in your hair. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but basically the peroxide goes in and like makes space for those artificial pigments to live in. So it has to get in and like eat some holes for those pigments to live in. And so, and then that's, so that's how it works. So basically you mix part A, part B, it starts doing things. The the color molecules start coming to life. You put it on your head, starts eating holes in your hair. Then those color molecules get shoved in the holes and then it lives in there forever. Now, eventually some of those color molecules do fall out of those holes. And that's what we know as color fadage with permanent color. Okay, so that being said, let's simplify it now because now that you know that, all these other things are very easy. And so uh, with permanent hair color, those holes are fairly deep in your hair. And that's why it's permanent. Those holes go into the inside of your hair and change it forever. Those holes don't go away, right? And uh, sometimes you have a lot of holes depending on the developer that you used or how many times you pulled that color over your hair. And sometimes you don't. Those, those can be altered with fine tuning and uh, some professional advice with color. But now let's dial it back and let's talk about demi-permanent and semi-permanent color. They are almost exactly the same. There are subtle nuances in uh, professional hair color that makes one a demi versus a semi. But for all intensive purposes, we're going to lump them in the same category. And so for you to understand how these work, they still use a developer just like permanent hair color, and they still use artificial pigments in like a tube or a bottle, and you still mix them together with some magic chemistry equation. But the difference is the developer that you use does not make as many holes in the hair, nor do the color molecules need to expand as much. They're almost like pre-expanded. And so it's not as long of a processing time, and uh, they don't go as deep into your hair. And so they last a decent amount of time, but they don't last as long as a permanent color. Now also we're going to say the fact that they did not go as deep as permanent hair color 
they're not going to have as large of a permanent effect on your hair. So when those color molecules fade out and fall out of their little holes there, what's left behind is not going to be a whole lot different than before you colored your hair versus with the permanent hair color, when those little molecules fall out and fade eventually, what you're left with is kind of a shell of your natural color that you started with. Permanent hair color is never, ever going to fade out 100% and go back to your natural color because um, there's a whole other science behind that. But basically those holes are just so deep that it's never the same. Whereas with semi and demi permanent color, it's pretty close. You know, an expert might be able to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, I can tell there was like a color change on there, but it obviously wasn't so much so that it looks drastically different than your natural color. So that's semi and demi permanent color. Now we're going to do, do <laughs> now we're going to go down the line and talk about temporary color. Now, temporary color is the simplest of all colors. It has no developer. There's no chemical process. It is literally, you squirt it on your head and what you see is what you get. Now you find most of these come in the form of rainbowy colors. Uh, we call them fashion colors. Think pink, purple, you know, vivid turquoise manic panic or the professional Pravana colors at the salon, all of those things that you literally squeeze out of a tube and plop on your head or dump out of a bottle and plop on your head with no mixing. That's a temporary color. Now it doesn't have any developer. So what do you think that tells you about this color? It makes zero holes in your hair. Now what that means is there could be holes from previous colors that it could live in and it could be a little more permanent on your hair if it was previously treated or if you have never put color on that hair and you put that temporary color over it there's no holes for it to live in and so it is literally just a coating on your hair and it wears off over time and what's left behind is your 100% natural color that's been unaffected structurally by temporary color and so that's why they actually call it temporary because there is zero permanent change to your hair. Now, I did mention if you have previous holes in your hair, that can alter that a little bit. So it's only temporary if you don't have holes in your hair. So how do you know if you have holes in your hair? Well, if you have had a perm on your hair, that makes holes in your hair. If you um, are out in the sun all the time, that makes holes in your hair. If you are in a swimming pool all the time, that can make holes in your hair. If you colored your hair two years ago and you've been growing your hair out ever since then, that hair that was colored still has holes in it, assuming it was a permanent or a demi-permanent color. So basically any sort of porosity, meaning pores or holes in your hair can absorb a temporary color and make it seem more permanent. Now I've experienced this myself when I was in beauty college. Um, I had never highlighted my hair before. 
I had never colored my hair before beauty school, which is just like crazy because most people go into beauty school with like crazy wild stories of what they did. I just did it on my friends, (laughs) not me. But uh, I had this like bleached out sun washed blonde. And uh, obviously I didn't take care of it. I didn't know what to do. And so it definitely had holes in it, but it was sun exposure, um, summer exposure basically. And so then I decided that fall, I was going to put a temporary pink in my hair. And I think I only did it in the very front because I was so cool. And the hairs that were super, super white blonde, naturally soaked that pink up like crazy so much so that like three weeks later I finally decided to do a chemical service to get it out of my hair it would not leave those hairs that were like dramatically more porous than the rest of my hair now the stuff on like the underneath part um in the top that wasn't as blonde totally left the pink color behind. It was no big deal. So um, just a testament to um, warn you, if you're trying to have some temporary change on your hair, just be cautious of what you're putting it on. And so all this being said, how do you know which one is right for you? And, you know, it's really tricky, but um, I see in my age group specifically do I dare say my age on here? Oh, geez. I'm whatever. I will be 40 next year. We'll say that I'm not there yet, but I will be there next year. And in my age group, I feel like we're all kind of getting to the point where we have some gray in our hair now. And like that highlight that we used to get that would satisfy the need for a color change isn't quite doing it these days, but we don't necessarily want to just go to like a full color on our heads, right? I know I don't. And most of my friends don't, they don't want to have to be in every four weeks for a color touch up because their grays are showing. And so then what do you do? The best, easiest, and most uh, forgiving step is to incorporate a semi or demi permanent color into your repertoire. And so I actually had this discussion with someone today about this, who, um, she's a lot more gray than I am, but, um, she still doesn't want like that harsh coverage. She wants to have some like translucence to her color so that it looks like it's multiple different colors and not just like a flat, um, permanent color. And so what we did, um, what we discussed is doing highlights on her and then between those highlights, a semi-permanent color on her base. And so that it's just affecting a little bit of change and taking the sparkle away from the gray hair. Do you see what I'm talking about here? Um, now that's not to say you couldn't put a permanent color on your head, but for those of us that are just trying to kind of soften the gray a little bit, and maybe we're like, borderline in denial about what's happening A semi-permanent color is a beautiful way to bridge the gap for that. Um, I would not recommend trying to do any sort of temporary hair color like that, mostly because I just think they're kind of bullshit. Um, the only temporary colors that are really worth doing anything with are the fashion colors that I mentioned earlier. I think, is it Clairol? 
is it nice and easy? I'm going to have to look this up. I should have before I did this, but, um, there are like quote unquote temporary wash in colors that you can get that are like blondish or brownish, but mind you, if they come with a developer, they are a semi or a demi they're not temporary. And if it is temporary, just don't bother. It's so not worth it. The, um, range of what you can expect from those is going to be all over the place. And it might vary from one time you apply it to the next with the same exact brand. So just save yourself the time. Go semi, go demi. Um, you can talk to your stylist about it. It's like super low key. And there are a bazillion different brands of color out there that all do the same thing. So your stylist will know what we're talking about here, a hundred percent. Um, and it might even make their job easier, honestly, because, um, they're probably spending a lot of time, uh, foiling things that maybe just could be painted on with a demi. So, um, try that out friend, see how you like it. And, uh, I think we're good for the talk on color this week. So that leads us to the product spotlight of the week. Dun, dun, dun. And this week, I'm going to be talking about dry shampoo. Now I know there are a lot of us that use dry shampoo on a very regular basis. And there's also some of us out there that have no idea how to use dry shampoo or even what kind of dry shampoo they should be using. It's amazing to me how many different varieties there are out there. So, um, I'm going to give you some examples of different kinds of dry shampoo, but first and foremost, the reason you should be using dry shampoo is to offer a, a more cleansed look to your hair. Now I want you to understand that when you use a dry shampoo in your hair, it is not going to feel cleaner. It may look cleaner, but you are putting something in your hair that is going to absorb oils, and it's usually some sort of powder ingredient that, or absorbent ingredient in there that's going to absorb these oils. And those are still going to be in your hair. And so although it might look cleaner, I'm just going to say it again, it won't feel cleaner. And if you can get past that idea of dry shampoo, then you will love it. The only time I've ever seen people be very, very disappointed with dry shampoo is when they anticipated their hair feeling clean or cleansed after using it. And that's just impossible. Honestly, it's just, that is what it is. And so that being said, let's talk about dry shampoo and the different kinds and where you should put it. Where should we start first? Let's talk about where you should put it. Okay. So, uh, your roots are what get oily. And so when we use a dry shampoo, the target of that dry shampoo should be your root area. Now I'm talking about the area from your scalp until about an inch or two away from your scalp. And now for the most part, we're just going to focus the dry shampoo on places that are going to be noticeable when they look greasy. So if you're going to put your hair up in a ponytail and you'd like to use a dry shampoo, you're probably just going to put it around the perimeter of what's going to be shown in that ponytail. Or if you have a very specific part on your hair, you're going to apply the dry shampoo where your part is and only in that scalp root area, right? Got it. Got it. Cool. Okay. 
So now there's different varieties of dry shampoo and some are more user-friendly than others. Some are better for beginners and some are good for experienced dry shampoo users, connoisseurs, if you may. Um, so I think the easiest kind of dry shampoo comes in an aerosol bottle. And that's because it just comes shooting right out. And, um, you can usually just kind of like spray it all over cause they're kind of lightweight and they're, you know, light enough to come shooting out of a bottle. They're light enough to just float around in the air around you. Um, and so most people start with an aerosol. Now there are some that are heavier ingredients than others. Some that are more intense, powdery looks than others. And so, um, I'd want you to, if you're a noob here, um, in the land of dry shampoo, I would like you to find one that you can spray in an aerosol can directly at your roots from about five to six inches away. And you notice that there's a slight powdery cast on your hair, but it's not so much that it looks like you dumped baby powder on your head. Cool. Okay. Just want to make that clear here. Um, I have had people tell me before when they've used a dry shampoo that it made their hair feel like oily. Now there are some brands out there that are making like conditioning dry shampoos and all these like wackadoodle things that I'm like, why are you trying to confuse people? Just do yourself a favor and don't buy those products. I feel like it's a waste of your money. And unless they're used in the exact right time and place where they're intended for use, it's just going to be a problem. So just use a regular dry shampoo. Um, and it should make your hair look a teensy bit powdery because that powder is going to go in and absorb all those oils and get rid of extra shine and make it look clean. Okay. So aerosol. Cool. Now we're going to move on to, um, a pump bottle, which, uh, you might look at it and assume it's an aerosol bottle, but it's not. It's also not a shaker. It's like this little squirty pump kind of situation. I have seen this in other products that are texturizing products and things like that. But for some brands that are trying to get away from the use of butanes and other propellants that are used in aerosols, they're going towards these pump spray bottles. And it's kind of like a, um, it's not like a wet hairspray pump. It's kind of like a, uh, how do we call this? Like a baby powder poof kind of pump. And, um, one in particular that I'm going to name drop here, people are probably going to be like, what? Um, but I promise you it's really good is actually from Trader Joe's. And I'm normally not a huge, um, fan of drugstore products, but I read the ingredients and I was like, huh, this sounds pretty good. Dry shampoo can be pretty innocuous. There's really not a whole lot in there that is like magical ingredients. It's just absorbing stuff. And so found the ingredients, liked the applicator bottle. It's in one of those poofy pump bottles and it smells good. So, um, that's a good one to try out. It's like three bucks. If you want to give the pump style a try, and then I've got two more types of dry shampoos and these two are for the little more advanced users. So, um, the first one is a shaker bottle. And so now this is like a salt shaker, right? Shake it like a salt shaker. Um, but, uh, it's got like little holes poked in the top and you literally just tip the container upside down and you shake it over your head on that greasy area. And I have used 
a wide range of shaker bottle dry shampoos, and they definitely vary depending on the brand. I have tried some very local kind of like homegrown brands that use all these like uh, cocoa bean stuff in it and coconut shreds and all these natural things. And they kind of work. They're kind of absorbent. And then I've also used, uh, powders from companies that don't give a shit about ingredients and they're just pure performance and they work really well too. So depending on what your wants and needs are in terms of product ingredients and, and, or sustainability practices, budget, all that stuff. There's a wide variety of those. Um, just be warned. Sometimes they come out quickly and sometimes they poof onto your face. So they take a little skill. And now, uh, the last variety that I want to talk to you about is kind of like a, um, what do you call it when something it's like a double negative or something, but, uh, that's not the right word, but it is, it's a wet dry shampoo. What? mind blown. I know. Um, this one in particular that I'm talking about is it has cornstarch in it and witch hazel, and it's a milky liquid and it is in a container that looks like a foaming soap pump. And it kind of has the look of a foam hand soap, you know, those like pre foaming hand soap dispensers. And so when you pump it out, it's like foamy soapy looking stuff and you plop that onto your wet roots, or you can squirt it directly onto your, sorry, not wet roots, oily roots, and massage it in, and now your roots are wet. So what do you do? This is a perfect product if you need to kind of like revamp your hair a little bit and you have a few more minutes to blow dry. Uh Uh-huh, right? Now, barring you don't have any extreme variant in your hairstyle, meaning you did not blow dry your hair super duper straight from really, really curly, or you didn't curl your hair from super, super straight, then I think it's okay to use something like this. And I say that because if you put water in your hair, it will start to revert your hair back to its natural state. So for someone that's just going to like blow their hair out kind of normally close to their natural texture, Doing something like this as a dry shampoo is excellent because, um, like, let's say you have bangs that get a little wonky. You can use this wet dry shampoo in your bang area to kind of help re-soften those hairs and re-blow dry them into the pattern that you want them to be in with little to no work. And so it's fantastic. Now, my only thing I have to say about it is if your hair is not actually greasy or oily, it's kind of heavy handed. Um, and I've used a few of them like this. I don't know if they just have a a lot of the, um, absorbing product in it, or if it's because of the way that it's delivered into your hair. Um, but it's like a very intense application of the absorbing products. So just bear that in mind. But if you're like a super oily girl and you want to like re blow dry your roots to give them some oomph, a wet, dry shampoo. Gosh, I have to think about that before I say it. Wet dry shampoo is a great option. So there you go, my friends. You've got aerosol for the noobs. You've got the pump poofy bottle. That's like the in-betweener. 
you've got the shaker bottles, which are a little more complicated, and then you've got the wet dry shampoos that take an extra step like blow drying your hair. Now I, sh I should say, there is a caveat to that. If you're going to air dry your hair, or if you air dry your hair on a regular basis, you can use the wet dry shampoo at your roots and let it air dry. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, I only put that little warning in there for people that blow dry their hair into a specific set. So there you go. Dry shampoos are your friend. And, um, I'm going to try to post a little link here. I had, this will be my first time doing this. So bear with me, but, um, under the podcast, there will be some notes, some show notes, and I'm creating a page to have some, like a buyer's guide for you. I figured with these weekly topics, it might be super helpful if I give you some of my personal product recommendations. And so I wrote out a list of some of my favorite dry shampoos and, um, all the ones that are sitting in front of me here that I talked about are on that list, which is kind of cool. And, uh, just kind of gives you like some guidance and I hope you enjoy it. So go ahead and take a look ski and then we will be back next week. And also I have to tell you, I don't know if this is a spoiler. I was going to say spoiler alert, but I guess it's just like, Ooh, for next time. Um, I have some questions to answer. So I'm really excited to introduce that into the podcast from now on. Um, I've been getting some questions in my little questionnaire on my website. So I'm really excited to start answering those for you guys. So I'm going to get out of here and give you some time to go look at this cool stuff I made for you and still working on that song. So until next time, my friend, I'm going to say, okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you. That's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular confident conversations bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.